Greetings. Welcome to the Win Good Sports Podcast. My name is Jeff Goodwin, known as Professor Win Good. I am a former university professor, hence the use of professor, with over 30 years of teaching and administrative experience. I earned a PhD degree in kinesiology, which is the scientific study of human body movement, and have presented, published over 70 research papers. Sometimes I am called Dr. Goodwin, Dr. Jeff, Dr. J, which is an insult to the real Dr. J, Dr. G, Doc, and even Chuck, and that is a story for a different time. Recently, I founded Win Good Sports and serve as president. Win Good Sports is a sports consulting agency designed to help athletes maximize their potential. Win Good Sports is specifically designed to help golfers in most aspects of the game. Win Good Sports has experience in all facets of the game of golf from tournament scheduling, tournament preparation, tournament travel, golf statistical analysis to how to schedule practice to enhance your skill level. As I stated earlier, I'm a former university professor with over 30 years of teaching and administrative experience. I have taught courses that can help you, the golfer, the parent of a golfer, or simply someone who wants to better understand how golfers think and understand why they do what they do. In my courses, I use the research approach to answer questions, to find the best approach to enhance motor skill acquisition. Here are a few examples of courses I have taught. Motor behavior which is a field of study devoted to understanding how humans control their movements and learn motor skills, and motor learning, which is a field of study aimed at understanding the way in which the processes that aid movement are developed and the factors which enhance or hinder this development. The goal of the Win Good Sports podcast is simple. Simple is a theme you will see throughout Win Good Sports. The goal is to share valuable information to help you in your golf journey. It does not matter if you are a very young golfer or a more experienced golfer. The podcast is designed to provide an educational experience to you. It does not matter if you are a parent of a young junior golfer or that of a more experienced golfer. The podcast is designed to help you too. To achieve this goal, there will be podcasts addressing different aspects of golf. I have selected topics hopefully informative, that can help you. Most podcasts will involve interesting guests for the purpose of providing an educational experience based on what they have learned. That is, 
These guests will provide personal and practical information to help you. Cough is hard. There will be ups and downs and more down periods and even more down periods. Cough is hard. There will be up periods too. It is a journey. And this podcast is meant to help you on that journey. For the inaugural episode of Win Good Sports podcast, I have invited two guests. Today's guests are Benny Lee and Noah Goodwin. Both are professional golfers. Benny has status on the Epson Tour. Noah has status on the Corn Ferry Tour. Both took very different routes on their journeys to their respective tours. Both have a wealth of information they will share in future podcasts. I am sure you have heard the idiom, been there, done that. Well, Benny and Noah have been there and done that. And they are still doing it. And they have more to do. Today's topic is meant to set the foundation for future podcasts. That is, this episode is an introduction. Today's topic is an introduction. Who are we? I hope you find the podcast interesting and informative. Benny, thank you for joining me today. I will start with you. Thanks for having me. Why golf? Um, for me, I've played a lot of sports growing up, uh, not really competitively, but I think I realized I did enjoy golf more after the years of competing as a junior and just growing confidence. And I really did become passionate about the game after seeing um, how good I was and how much more potential I did have for the future. And it's also a sport where it's not played on a court. You know, the measurements aren't the same. You're playing on a different course every week. You have a different shot. And the mental um, side of it is absolutely insane. Um, just playing under pressure and being able to win a tournament under pressure or a shot under pressure and just accomplishing and coming overcoming that um, is a feeling that is indescribable for me. Okay, thank you. Noah, thank you for joining me too. Always. It's your turn. Okay. Why golf? I would say that golf was the only sport that whenever I was very, very young and kind of a smaller kid that I could excel at for the fact that it wasn't measured off. It was simply measured off how much work you put into it. There are a million different ways to play this game. Sure, you can bomb it and hit it really, really far and have an easier time. Or you can go the short, accurate route. There's a million different ways to play. And it's about owning your identity with the game and just growing that skill set that makes golf individual to you. Okay, interesting. Benny, when and how did you get started in golf? I started around the age of 10. Uh, my dad was an amateur golfer and introduced me to the game. Um, I will say it was not something I chose for myself. It was kind of forced upon me. Having both parents um, be competitive athletes, they wanted me to succeed in some sport. 
Um, so they eventually chose golf. And, yeah, I just remember going to the range with some U.S. kids clubs, just whacking it out there, um, always complaining how hot it was and stuff like that. Um, but that's my beginning with golf. Thank you. Noah, mm-hmm. when and how did you get started? Uh, the when is always a little iffy since I've hit plastic golf clubs in the backyard whenever I was a year old. Um, I do remember whenever I was seven, I said, I'm going to play the sport professionally. So I guess that's kind of where how it all started. Jenny, back to you. Please explain your experience playing kids golf. And I'm referring to golf when you're younger than 12 years old. Think of the question as the early years of golf. What was it like? Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't like it. <laughs> Can you explain? Um, my dad had a student at a studio that was a PGA teaching professional at um, El Dorado Country Club in McKinney. And for some reason, every drive, I would get super nauseous. I think I was just so anxious. And I'd end up being basically sick. So I had to endure that and go through the lessons. Um, and, yeah, my dad just was like, you know, you want to play golf? I'm going to give you your practice schedule. Um, I wouldn't say it was as serious then. But I just remember playing one U.S. Kids event when I was, like, 11. And this girl, um, she shot, like, 36, and I shot 52. And I was happy with it. I was, like, so proud of myself. But it was not the happiest of moments, I'd say. Noah, describe your experiences playing kids golf. Um, grueling. The courses were way too long for me. And it, I was really just like a scrambling golfer. I wouldn't reach any of the holes in regulation at all. And it was just I was putting on either a short game clinic the entire time or you were really watching a little kid struggle out there the entire time. There wasn't really an in-between of the two. Um, But it really taught me a lot of resilience in those years, how to just own your own game, how to keep your head down and just trust in the process that you believe in and don't look back. Benny, just out of curiosity, did you play any other sports during your childhood? I played a lot, not really like competitively. Um, the one sport that I did do regularly was Taekwondo. Um, that's what my parents did. They had a studio and they were masters and they taught. So growing up, that's something that I did really enjoy. Um, I'm, I was always very competitive. I think for me, as long as I'm outside moving around, it's something that I enjoy. I love sports. I love basketball. Um, yeah, those are or taekwondo was the other main sport that I did besides golf. You mentioned your parents being taekwondo instructors, masters, I think is the label you <laughs> used. W- what degree of black belt are we talking about? My mom was sixth degree and my dad was seventh. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Noah, please explain your experiences playing other sports during childhood. Well, as I said, I kind of committed to playing golf whenever I was seven. So all of my memories would be pre-seven and sports at that age aren't exactly organized at all. I remember playing soccer and just 
swarm of kids chasing after the ball, then there's no rhyme or reason to it. And then you would go get a soda after the game, and that was like the highlight for everybody. And then in T-ball, I remember nobody was good, and you would just whiff until the T came out there, and then you would have a much easier go at it. And again, you would go get a soda afterwards, and that was the highlight of everything. But I would say most of my memories with other sports have been more from a just pure enjoyment sense, playing with friends and everything. Hey, let's go play a game of racquetball. Hey, let's go play a game of soccer inside at SMU whenever we were there and just have a good time. There wasn't really that hardcore competitive side, even though we're all a bunch of athletes and we want to win no matter what. But I would say most of my other sports have just been more purely enjoyment, and golf has been the one that I've stuck to competitively, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Thank you. Now we're going to move to junior golf, and I'm going to lap four different tours together, if you will, and I just want you to talk about your experiences in those. You have the North Texas PGA, Northern Texas PGA, NTPGA. You have the Texas Junior Golf Tour, TJGT. You have the Legends Junior Tour, and then you have the American Junior Golf Association, also known as the AJGA, obviously. Benny, just take us through your experiences playing those tours, if you will. Okay. Um, I think for me, prior to AJGA, playing NTPGA and TJGT is where I had a lot of success as a junior. Um, and a lot of success from TJGT, I think, really pushed me to enjoy the game more and want to get better at it. Um and with AJGA, you know, not anybody can just play in them. You have to earn your stars. I think they still have stars. The gold. Yeah. The gold, man. Yep. So that was like the goal of every junior event was try to get as many stars as you can. And then when you have the opportunity to go play AJGA, you get fully exempted or whatnot. Um, and, uh, for me, playing AGJ was another step of enjoying the game more and the competitiveness. Um, and I think that's also also a tour where I got to make new friends from around the country, uh, from all different places, and we got to travel more and play all these prestigious golf courses. Um, so I'm very thankful for the AGJ, especially for giving me a lot of open new opportunities into golf. Um, and all the learning experiences I also had. Did you travel all over the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember m me and my dad would try to drive everywhere. We drove even to, like, Florida, which is, what, 17 hours? Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, a lot of traveling for sure. Good times, fun times. Fun times. I enjoyed it. Noah? <laughs> Noah, mm -hmm. please take us through the same process of playing junior golf from NTPGA all the way up to AJGA, if you will. Yeah, um, I would tend to kind of, I want to say lump NTPGA and TJGTs in together, but I would say I played those more at a similar age range for myself and largely consisted of me playing up in age groups at that time. Um, very much so not winning golf tournaments, but just forcing myself to go out there and grind. And it really developed a resilience in me whenever you're watching guys hit it 60 past you just because they're simply three years older than you. They have 80 pounds on you. 
are way bigger than you. I was the smallest kid out there. And even if I was playing in my own age group, I would have been the smallest kid out there. So it really taught me that resilience to not care what anybody else is doing and just focus on my game. I knew at the end of the day, you have to beat somebody, but you're more playing against the golf course and everything. I think those years, those tournaments really helped me shape shape that unwavering belief in the way I play golf and my identity with golf and how I own golf. Whenever I would start playing Texas Legends, I want to say I was around 14, 15 or so, and I would kind of play them, I wouldn't say in replacement of AJGA events, but Texas has such a plethora of very high-level golfers, especially whenever I was graduating. 2018 class is still talked about in junior golf as an incredible gifted class of high-level athletes, and a lot of us were from Texas during that. And just for the audience, mention some of the people in the 2018 class that were from Texas. You got Cole Hammer. You got the Cootie Twins. Um, Kyle Cox. Kyle Cox. Ben Wong. Um, it was loaded. It was loaded. At one point in time, the I want to say like three of the top five people in rankings were from Texas. And yeah, we just had a great group of golfers all there in our backyard. And we all knew that we could compete each other with each other playing in these Legends events. And so the competition was great. Um, you never had to travel too far. So that was great as well. And really, it was just an incredible opportunity right at our home in order to get in great competition and practice. And then AJGA, I remember starting that as soon as we could when I was 12 with Junior All-Stars and even playing in a few open tournaments if I could earn enough stars to get into those. And, yeah, the rest is history from those. AJGA was an incredible organization. Um, it offered a very unique thing for a lot of golfers, and a lot of people sadly weren't fortunate enough to get to play. It's hard to travel all across the country. It's expensive to travel all across the country. I was extremely blessed to be able to play in AJGAs the way that I was. And I think it was a vital part of my junior development, just getting to play constantly against kids older than me, I got, to saw, I got to see how older individuals who had more time spent walking the golf course, how they practiced, how they went about their games, how they carried themselves. And I was able to really learn as a younger person just by watching people that were older than me and better than me. To play devil's advocate, people would criticize you and the decision to play up. Mm -hmm. How would you respond to that? It was my decision. <laughs> um there is no right way to go about golf, especially at the junior level. Um, people tend to give it a lot more emphasis than it really means, especially during the younger years. I would go on to argue that golf doesn't really matter until you hit like 15, 16. That's whenever coaches are actually going to start looking at you. They're, they don't care whenever you're 12, especially after all of the college golf rule changes and everything that prevent kids from committing at such a young age. Um, they really want to see where you're at as you're growing and developing and actually closer to what you're going to be like setting foot on a college campus. So I would say you can go about it in the mindset of I'm going to play against kids my own age and learn how to win, which is extremely important as winning breeds winning. You have to win to know how to win. Um, and then I could also say you go about it similarly on our path where you know that the winning will come as you grow and everything. And I really just took the route of I'm going to own my golf game 
I'm going to be playing against kids older, better, hit it farther than me for the rest of my life. I'm never going to be an above average in length out on tour or any tour that I play on. So it was really important for me to own that part of my golf game because if I let people get to me simply by hitting it further than me, wouldn't be very mentally strong and golf would be not as fun as it is now. Do you think playing up taught you about survival, if you will? I mean, you're out there against bigger kids, taller, stronger, way more, longer golf courses. And you're either going to have to survive, if you will, learn the grind of it all, or you're going to post a really high number. Yeah, I think uh, the surviving part is definitely a real thing. Um, you go out there sometimes on a golf course and you know you don't have it that day. That's the fickle part about golf. You can wake up one day and go fire the best round of your life and wake up the next day and feel like you've never held a golf club before and have no idea where the golf ball's going. And sadly, on those days, you still have to go out there and put up the number because you're still in a tournament. They don't give you, hey, you can take today off and figure it out tomorrow. You just got to go with, with what you got. And I think that's a very mentally challenging thing to do to kind of have that I don't give a shit attitude I'm just going to give what I have today and I'm not going to focus on the fact that it's not the best or that maybe somebody else is hitting it better than me or hitting it further than me at the end of the day all you got to do is put the golf ball in the hole and you just got to figure out your way of doing that doesn't need to be pretty doesn't need to look good just about getting it in the hole no pictures on the scorecard Never a picture on the scorecard. Okay, Benny, we're going to go back to you, and we're going to talk about professional golf. And I have a series of questions I'm going to ask. When did you turn professional, year and age? Um, 2017, I believe. Um, I went to Korea to go see a coach that I knew after um, coming off an injury from my junior year. And I decide, or he persuaded me that it is a different opportunity to, tr to turn pro in Korea. So I played on the KOPG Jump Tour for about eight months. Um, that was interesting. It was quite a, an experience. But um, I think it definitely helped and shaped me who I am at the same time. Age? Age is uh, 19. 19. Or I think I was... No, it was 18 because my birthday's in July. So 18. So that kind of mm -hmm. leads to the question, explain your experiences playing college golf. No college golf. Um, so I straight straight from junior golf to professional golf. Yeah, I was kind of thrown into a pool of sharks <laughs> at an early age. I so committed to play for A&M, but I think we all knew that I wanted to just turn pro instead of going to college at that time. So please explain your experience. Please explain your experience up to this point, playing professional golf? Um, it's a challenge, for sure. I wouldn't advise people to take this route sometimes. Um, you know, I don't think people tell you all the bad parts. They only tell you all the good parts that happen. Um, it is, it can be mentally draining. Um, 
you know, if you don't have sponsors, that's another topic that we can talk about. Um, it's very difficult out there. It's a grind. Just the traveling too. It's like you're on the road for two to three, two to three weeks, and sometimes you're home about maybe one week or even two, and it's just a lot. I mean, from for myself, I book all my flights, I book my rental cars, I book where I stay every week, and I try to stay with another player um, to save some money. But I'd say the positive side of it is the competitiveness. Um, you know, Epson has so many players um, that have gone to LPJ and have found success. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's a long journey. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're that passionate and you love the game, it's something that you're going to fight for and something that you will eventually get used to with all the traveling. Um, but in the beginning, I'd say it was very, very difficult for me. You mentioned the financial aspect. And I think a lot of people out there think that professional golfers are flying around using net jets, wheels up, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Is it like that at all? No. You're flying economy <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Are we talking Southwest two free check bags? Oh, yeah. Those two free check bags help a lot. Do for I sure. That yeah. adds up. They mm-hmm. add up over the course of so the year. So talk yeah. about the financial aspect and the need for sponsors. Um, I will say any mini tour or minor tour compared to the PGA or LPGA, if you don't have a sponsor, it is extremely difficult. Um, and it's also really hard to find sponsors these days. I fortunately um, have been pretty blessed and found a few people that have helped me, but there were multiple times where I was worrying about, oh, am I going to be able to play this event? Or I'm in a tournament and I'm thinking about I need to make the cut and make some money. You know, um, each event I'm probably spending anywhere from 1500 to two grand. Um, and I think that just like I said, trying to make a cut and thinking about making money when you're trying to go out there and play well, that's just that's the biggest thing for me is, I don't I don't want to think about that when I'm trying to win a tournament or when I'm trying to place top 10 or when I'm trying to just go out and play simply as that. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people that don't understand how the world of golf works definitely misjudge what we do and how much money we make, etc. Like I have friends that work nine to five and saying, oh, it must be so nice, you know, traveling and playing golf all the time. And I'm like. I'm losing more money out there than I'm making. Um, so, yeah, it's sometimes it's, um, I wouldn't say disappointing, but it does hurt when people uh, mis- misjudge you for that, if, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. So I'm going <coughs> to ask some little follow-up questions. Um, so in order to get paid, you have to make a cut. Correct. So if you don't make the cut, <laughs> no, nobody know. <laughs> no money. But once you make the cut, mm-hmm. you're now playing the weekend. Right. But that doesn't guarantee that you are going to cover your expenses. Is that an accurate statement? Correct. So on the Epson tour, what's the cut normally on the Epson tour? What number? Uh, I think it's top 60% of the field. Top 60. Yeah. Okay. I always get the numbers mixed up. So that that's fine. But what if, so let's say you finish 50th. 
Mm-hmm. You played the weekend, and overall, for the four days, you put you finished fiftieth. Mm-hmm. Are you making money? No, I'm losing money. Okay, so at what point, just generally speaking, do you have to? Where do you have to finish to simply break even? Mm, I'd say anywhere from top twenty five to top twenty. More like top twenty. It also depends on the events because the prizes are different, but average, I'd say top twenty. That's tough. Yeah, very. The best part of being a professional. Um, I will have to say, um, for me, I don't want to like sound negative or, you know, make this come off the wrong way, but I'm still kind of figuring that out. I think. Obviously, I'm not satisfied, right? Um, there's so much more that I want to do. Um, obviously, get on the LPGA and become one of the best players that I could be. Um, but besides all that, I would say just the competitive level that we're playing at um, and just seeing how far I have come and being able to play on Epson and having those opportunities to play um, and just have players at another high level um, that I'm able to compete with every week. Um, Yeah, I'd say as of right now, that is, I mean, that's my answer. (laughs) Okay. Um, What would you say to the individuals out there that have the financial means to help? They're capable of being a sponsor, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what to do. This might be a learning opportunity for them. They're like, mm-hmm. really? It's that tough on the Epson tour? Right. What advice would you give to them? Hmm. I've never been asked this, um, but I will say you could maybe, you know, go on the website, see how certain players are playing. Um, a lot of our social medias are out there and, Hopefully they can reach out to players individually if they'd like on social media. Um, Or if they're playing in charity events, there's a lot of pros that do play in charity events. That's how I actually met one of my sponsors was I was paired with him. And he said he saw a lot of potential, wanted to help out. So that's another way. Um, Yeah, that's, that's all I have for right now. And since this is an introduction episode number one and not to go down a rabbit hole <laughs> we just tell the audience how close you were going from phase one of the final stage to phase two of the final stage if you will just tell the audience one shot Do y'all hear that audience one shot one shot <laughs> noah professional golf Mm-hmm. When did you turn professional? Year and age? May of 2022, mm-hmm. and I was still 21. I turned 22 about a month later. And explain your experiences up to this point. I've had an interesting ride, I would say. It's been simple in some ways and weird in others. Um, Right out of college, I was part of PJ Tour U, so I went up and played on uh, PJ Tour Canada. And 
missed a lot of cuts, um, but also won twice. Um, it's been a roller coaster, and then I was able to go to final stage to try to earn more Corn Ferry status after I finished third on the money list in Canada. And I got second final stage and lost like 14 pounds in three days. Just couldn't move at all. Just awful. And so it's been an interesting roller coaster of a year. I've learned a lot. I've been in a lot of experiences I've never have been in before. I got to see an entire new country in one summer. Um, it's been a wild ride, but it's been pretty cool. Talk about the worst part of being a professional. I would say the traveling is hard. Um, Why? Because there's so many reasons to it. From the simple answer of you're not at home. And I think that answer means a lot more than a lot of people realize, especially whenever you're going three weeks on, week maybe two weeks off, three weeks on, and you're spending more time gone than you are back. Friendships tend to take a hit from that. It's hard. You're not with family and all the people you love. Can't go to your favorite restaurant. Can't sleep in your own bed. It's like it's the little things that kind of add up and take a toll over time. You're not as comfortable on the road, and it's impossible to be as comfortable on the road. You're on the road. It's a... it's not supposed to be comfortable. And the best part of being a professional? I think the simple answer is why we all play the game, the competitive side, the winning aspect. We've all worked really, really hard to get here. And we're rewarded in the way of we get to play against some of the best competition in the world. I, at the end of the day, even if we don't make it to LPGA and PGA Tour, we're still in the top point oh 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 one percent of golfers on the entire planet and we get to play against other golfers that are in that exact same percentile you get to test your game for what you've been working on your entire life you get to see how good you really are what you need to do to get a little better and yeah that's the rewarding part of just going out there and trying to win i appreciate you both sharing your experiences for the audience I found it interesting. The final segment of the Win Good Sports podcast is quick reactions. Quick reactions to 20 random topics. Benny, please respond to the following. How would you describe yourself in one word? Learning. Texting or talking? Talking. Favorite drink on the golf course? Water. Go-to music? R&B. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Flag stick in or flag stick out? Out. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> um, no and yes. <laughs> if you could play a round of golf with three golfers, dead or alive, who would you pick? Tiger Woods, Monica Sorenstam, and Noah Goodwin. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? I'd say uh, the age of 10 when my sister was born. Best movie ever? Mm. I really do enjoy the Jason Bourne series. Okay. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? To go back in time. 
Favorite junk food? Candy. Favorite television show? Mm, I would say recently. Uh, right now, it'd be Wednesday. Will Tiger Woods break Jack Nicholas's record of 18 majors? Um, no, but I hope I hope he does. Favorite number? 28. Best decision ever made in life? Um, pass. What's something you could eat for a week straight? Uh, kava. If you could have a mulligan in life, what would it be? Mm, I don't believe in mulligans because at the same time, like, I wouldn't be where I am. How long does it take for you to hit a golf shot? Not very long. Who inspires you and why? Um, I'd say my mom. Um, she, compared to anybody else that I know besides Tiger Woods, I think she has one of the most strongest mentals, uh, mentality. And just um, she's the most selfless person I know. All right, Noah, here we go. go. How would you describe yourself in one word? Taoist. Texting or talking? Talking. Favorite drink on the golf course? Water. Go-to music? Hip-hop, R&B. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Flagstick in or flagstick out? Out. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Slightly hypocritical. If you could play a round of golf with three golfers, dead or alive, who would you pick? Tiger, Jack, my dad. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Ancient Greece, see the Pantheon and everything like that. Best movie ever? Um, Shawshank or Inception. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Read minds. Why? Nosy so at times. <laughs> More just for people, like, I, I don't like beating around the bush about a lot of stuff. I don't, I think just being straight up is the right way to go about a lot of stuff, and I think it would save a lot of time and a lot of conversations and everything. Just get to the point and move on. Favorite junk food? Candy. Favorite television show? Um, Breaking Bad. Will Tiger Woods break Jack Nicholas's record of 18 majors? I don't think so, but if there's a single person on the planet who could do it, it's him. Favorite number? Three. Best decision ever made in life? Not graduating college early. Staying an extra semester. What's something you could eat for a week straight? Korean barbecue. If you could have a mulligan in life, what would it be? kind of have a similar answer to Beanie in that I don't really believe in mulligans because everything shapes you into the person you are today. But having said that, I wouldn't have graduated high school early. How long does it take for you? How long does it take for you to hit a golf shot? Not long. I'm one of the fastest golfers out there. <laughs> and the last question, who inspires you and why? I try to find inspiration in everybody and everything that I see because I think everything has something it can teach you if you're willing to listen and learn. Thank you both. Thank you.
thank you for being part of the podcast. A special shout out and huge thank you to Benny and Noah. I appreciate you all joining me today. If you enjoyed the podcast or found the information helpful, then please let me know. On YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. If you are on your favorite listening app like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, then please subscribe. Please visit the website, wingoodsports.com, to learn more about Wingood Sports and the services offered. If you have questions and or comments, then please use the contact when good sports link from the website. Simply send a message using the contact form. Also, if you have topics for other podcasts, then please email them using the contact form on the website. Again, the website is wingoodsports.com. At some point, I may include a comment section in the podcast to address your questions and comments. Stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy the journey of life and golf. Cheers.